Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Impulse Control Experiment. As always, I am Joel Harrison, and I do appreciate you joining me here, keeping me accountable on this journey. Um, as we're just finishing up the experiment, you know, I am now into December, and some of the things have fallen away, but I do want to give you guys a couple of valuable conversations. Um, so let me introduce my guest today. Uh, my guest is Dr. Manny St. Victor. He is a best-selling author of the book, Thinking About Quitting Medicine, uh, which I believe is now in its second edition, correct? Yes, volume two was also bestseller. Excellent. Awesome. Good to hear. And um, also a coach and a doctor and just an amazingly smart overall guy, one of the guys who helped me on my change process and bring me into uh, this realm of Matt to the end. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Manny St. Victor. Dr. Manny, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing great, Joe. Great to see you again. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to have you, man. It was good catching up with you a minute ago. Um, so, you know, I've always wanted to ask you this. Do you make your own memes um, or do you, do you steal some of those? Oh, no, those are curated. <laughs> yeah. If you're trying to change something about yourself and you're a meme connoisseur as I am, um, dude, this guy's got the dopest memes around. When it comes to positive self-talk and helping you out and um, like – how, where do you get all that stuff? Instagram. Yeah. Instagram mainly. I used to use Pinterest as well. But uh, what happened, I think Instagram has some pretty good artificial intelligence that kind of studies what you're looking for and shows you more of it. And so I, I put in, I think, years on Instagram curating specific kinds of memes. So it's gotten to the point where my Instagram almost reads my mind at this point. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. you know, I think that's kind of an interesting, interesting thought, like, um, what, how we attract what we, what we want to see, or we see what we want. And I think social media is a good kind of piece at the center of that. Yeah. If like, you're intentional. Yeah. If you get on social media and you're in a bad mood, you're going to see all of the, in my case, it's all like the negative politics and, you know, all the things to fight over and all the people in your world that are having kind of a shitty day. Yeah. But I kind of think... And, and like the artificial intelligence, I guess, uh, fixes that a little bit, but I kind of think that it's all always there. Yeah. It's just, no, no, it's absolutely there to see. Yeah, no, it's absolutely there. And, and the filters are on, I mean, reticular activating system at work, Yeah, <laughs> you know, if, if we're looking for something, uh, even on a subconscious level, if we have a loop that we've opened and we want closed, the unconscious mind will project that opening onto whatever we make accessible. Uh, if we have a negativity bias, a tendency to, uh, or when in a negative frame in that moment where we're looking for something to validate uh, the negative mood we're in, then it's going to show up. You know, we're, we're that much more triggerable. Triggerable. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Joel, um, Joel Dispenza in his book, Becoming Supernatural, has something awesome he says about that. He talks about how when we're, uh, when we're addicted to a particular emotional state, we basically go around all day looking for opportunities to return to that state. And that includes reaching out to people or introducing ourselves to people or looking for circumstances that allow us to blame the circumstance. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I can totally see, you know, I have often referred to actually um, pretty much up until the conversation that you and I had in the hotel room that night that I identified solely as an atheist and even as what I would refer to as a militant atheist, yeah. which, which I can translate that in one simple word, asshole. Yeah. 
<laughs> because because I would I would look and I was in that state. I never thought of it about being addicted to a mental state, but I would essentially using social media and uh, in life interaction, I would find a reason to tell somebody that their point of view was wrong and their belief structure was dumb and that it was their fault that we had you know wars and and shitty politics and all that stuff yeah. all involved in this idea. Yeah. And I'd never thought about that as being addicted to that mental state. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, and when you look at some of the science around it, at least to the extent that I looked at it until I got closure, um, they, they call them attractors. Once you create a certain state uh, and you label it specifically you're, uh, or you notice it and you realize you like it enough so that it has like um, a feeling to it that you enjoy, you keep returning to that state. And the more you return to it, the more, uh, the more adept your brain becomes at returning to it. And, and I mean, framing circumstances such that it's an excuse to go back to that state. Yeah, right, right. You know, it's, it's the whole look what you made me do thing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I saw, I saw something roll through my feed the other day that said um, something to the effect of that you're such a terrible person that you drove me to this state. Yeah. And I thought like, that is a, that's a terrible reframe, you yeah, know, yeah. because you're, that's, that's saying that I'm not in control of my own self. I don't have yeah. a choice to act this way. Um, and, you know, I had those situations in my life where I was like, it's your fault that I'm getting to, cause I can do like red line anger. And yeah. that was one of my main things through the beginning of the experiment and the podcast was, uh, my wife and I, once we, once we got rid of the, uh, the vices that were padding, you know, our emotional states. We got to that point where it's like every day you're like poking the bear and and, and making me to red zone anger. Yeah. When it wasn't at all her. I mean that we each had our own faults, but my anger was not her fault. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You heard the concept of projective identification. Yeah. 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 This is pure projective identification. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we both had to go through that as saying like, look, um, and my buddy Ryan, even I would, he was like, what did you guys, he's another coach out in Hawaii. He's like, what did you guys fight about today? And I was like, well, it seems stupid, but, uh, as I'm building my business, she's like, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? I'm like, well, you can, and I don't mean this in a misogynistic way, but if you would do the housework, so I had time to focus on my work. Yeah. That, that would be helpful. Yeah. And then she wouldn't do the dishes and I would get pissed off. Yeah. And he'd go, and, and he asked me, he's like, yeah, how much of your work are you getting done? Yeah. 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 That's a, he caught that. Boom. He yeah. caught that. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's you, like, you needed some reason outside of you. Yeah. To be why you're not getting the work done. Yeah. And, and it's like, you're not mad at her for not doing the dishes. You're mad at yourself for not doing your own work. And that allows you to project that onto her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a beautiful catch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He he's good. He's been there. Like you know, this dude. I just I I uh, same way as I did with you guys in, in our hypnosis group. I said, here's what I'm doing. Here's my project. And everybody went, dude, you're fucking nuts. <laughs> I thought it was a beautiful idea. And it was a beautiful idea. And I'm glad in pieces of it that I didn't fully succeed, especially with the podcast, especially having this audience and going like, look, I'm not any different. I. I wanted to prove myself that I could do all this, but in the same moment, it turns around and proves to my audience and my clients and my people that I am human and I have these struggles and we can have this communication about yeah. those. Yeah. Um, because my big thing, one of my big things is I'm going to quit smoking weed. 
Um, like I smoked weed every day for 12 years and here I am going to quit smoking weed. And on day two, I had an emotional event and I went back. Oh yeah. And so I'm like, all right, great. Well, here I've started this podcast. I'm doing all this stuff and I've already failed. Thanks. Bye. I'm out. Yeah. But yeah. that wasn't the point. The point was to reset and to keep going yeah. and to say, okay, I stumbled and made a mistake, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to keep going on this journey. Yeah, yeah. And there's also the sub elements of learning more about yourself. Like these are the things that I'm going to keep as my own identity and not quit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you and, know, and, and I'm not going to take the moral judgment from society either. Not only am I not going to quit, I'm not fully convinced that there's a reason I should quit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it was more it was more in the moment of like a uh, self-control kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and and also it was like, well, there's kind of some cool things attached to this. Like there's going to be some cool dreams, you know, that I hear about that you have, which as soon as I started getting my cool sober dreams, I wanted them to stop. Cause they were like intense <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and, and you know, um, but besides cognitively, like being a little lazier and slower on mm-hmm. upon return, cause I've now been smoking body in for about five days. Um, I don't have negative effect of it. I, I don't judge on it. I'm not worried about it, but I do see that like, if it's 10 AM, I can't smoke a joint or else I'm not getting in death for the rest of the day. Yeah. So it becomes a ma- yeah. It's a matter of putting it in the right place so that it serves its purpose. Yeah, I mean, and the intentionality. I think with with most stuff that affects your mind, the 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 degree to which um, the the intentionality is present, where it's you. Like I think you you told me something when we first met when we were in hypnosis training. You were like, remember, you took the drug. The drug didn't take you. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that is brilliant. And, and I actually apply that metaphor to a lot of other stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like just anything a person is choosing to bring to their life, remember you chose to bring it in. And if you bring it in intentionally in the right frame, then it will serve you as part of uh, your self-definition. If instead you bring it in clumsy with poor boundary definition and it takes over, then, <laughs> you know, yeah. it took you. It took you. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, you know, I hadn't taken that farther into you know outside of that scenario and moved into the rest of the life but that totally falls into your jobs your relationships you know anything else like that is saying like you all of these things even your emotions you know a lot of people view well that's just the way i feel that's just my emotion that came out naturally out of me yeah but, no, you chose the emotion the emotion y'all let yeah. the emotion control you yeah right Right. Which is one of my um, over like the past eight months that I've been on this overall journey of change. That is one of the things that keeps coming up in my big lesson is especially at the start of this journey was that I can stop and take a second, calm down and choose the emotion or the direction that I want that emotion to go. Yeah. So. That's, and that's all the power for me that. Um, uh I think my, one of my mentors, she calls it uh, taking action in spite of state. Mm, yeah. You know, so she's like, she's like, okay, well, you feel like crap. You don't feel like doing it. Do it anyway. Right. Right. Uh, you know, and in some cases it's, it's decreased the emotion so I can see clear. In other cases, you know, it's the old do it afraid or do it pissed off. You know? Yeah. Right. That, well, that's the whole, um, that's the whole Mel Robbins uh, five second rule is like, look, you can be pissed off while you're doing something. You can be mad. You can be sad. You can be whatever emotional state, but just get moving. Just move. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes even that's even, you know, there's still times where that's, but I don't want to still wins. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> but as as Nicole so lovingly put it, that's just me being a toddler. Um, <laughs> so she's holding on. You know, yeah. she, she she said we were talking one one day, and I was fighting with Holly, and and she's like, "So you're choosing to be mad, and you're choosing to stay in this state of anger as punishment." And I was like, "Yep." <laughs> she, well, you're being a toddler. Stop it. But I don't want to stop it. Well, that's exactly yeah, what that's, that's, that's what uh, the toddler says. What? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And I was like, fine. I'm going to be a toddler for two more hours, and then I'm going to move on and be done with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm going to give her a call later today. It's been too long. Yeah. Yeah. There's 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 good stuff there. Um, she's always got a good insights. Her and I, you know, she's kind of my accountability. She's kind of my communication on like shit's going wrong and we are both good at reframing each other's shit and awesome. you know sometimes so it's really nice to have that you know person yeah. for accountability in there so yeah um absolutely um so let's see one of the other things that i wanted to visit a little bit with you is actually i've really been excited to visit with you in this conversation is like so like i said earlier when i when you and i met i was claimed to be a very science-based person but how I think that that actuated in me and how that actuates in a lot of science-based people who aren't, who are no longer living inside academia is, is they have their faith based in the scientific process. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, if a scientist said that this is a repeatable experiment and, you know, the world of science trusts it, then I will take that without seeing that experiment on my own. Yeah. And then you and I got to talking one night and we had kind of had some metaphysical conversations in our classes and you were just, I'm just like, yeah, but it all sounds wonderful and good, but it's all total, you know, it's all total bullshit. There's no measurements. There's no science. There's no, and here comes uh, Dr. Manny with his Harvard degree saying, well, yeah, there is, there's something there yeah. to, to that idea. Um, can you kind of jump into that, express that a little bit so it makes sense other than me just saying, yeah, somebody in academia says it's possible. Well, I think the key idea is that uh, things work to the extent that you're able to believe it, okay? We're navigating in a set of shared delusions, shared delusions or illusions. People have put these stories out to try to explain science to us, okay? So in the end, your goal is to find the science that you can understand, trust, and believe that allows you to thrive. It's really that simple, but uh, it's easy to take a position of, okay, there's no science out there for, um, or, or that I understand from someone I trust for electricity and walk around in the dark. But, you know, you move a lot further faster just having like, um, basically just choosing to believe the stuff that serves you as long until it doesn't, Yeah, you know? Uh, and it could be something as simple as, uh, deciding that uh, it's not something as simple as I'm going to give you a, a deep meaningful example this is one that sometimes I put on my clients I'm like if, if you have someone that has trust issues and they, the trust issues are causing them to sabotage their relationship you'll be like okay uh, you can spend the rest of these next few years hunting her down until she makes a mistake you know checking her uh, email checking her Facebook mm -hmm. uh, you know, checking her phone when she's not looking, which essentially you're just destroying the integrity of the relationship because you're projecting your trust issues. Or you could decide to enjoy what this relationship would feel like if you were wrong. You know, you can yeah. choose to believe without the data that, you know, what if she loved me like she said, you know, 
And so essentially what happens is when you're choosing to adopt a tribe, if the tribe has a depth of knowledge around something, uh, at a certain point, you just be like, okay, I'm going to believe this because belonging in this tribe means stepping into a consensual reality where these are the shared beliefs of the tribe. You know, the, the beliefs become reality by, by um, to, to use a word that has a uh, negative connotation sometimes, by fiat. But so does money. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, you, if you went looking for the scientific value of money, the only place you would find it is in the minds of the people with whom you're exchanging it. Yeah. Okay. You know, there's, you know, and so the science basically is that uh, belief is a thing. Yeah. It be, and it becomes an, it's a measurable thing. You know, literally most companies are based on trying to measure trends, which are essentially people's desires. There are concepts such as mimetic envy, which is people see enough people do something and decide that there must be some pleasure based on doing that thing instantly they create pleasure in their mind associated with that thing. Boom, you just made magic. Where's the science? Yeah, okay, absolutely. You know, uh, I mean, we, there's various places where there's enough science for you to be like, okay, you know what? Um, there's, this is no, believing this is not a danger to me and my ego can take it if it turns out to be wrong. Let me live my life testing this as a hypothesis as it applies and is relevant to me. And then you can live. You can live without, you know, without having to, um, really, really, you can live within another, another, functionally in another set of beliefs, another perspective. Yeah. And, and see, that's kind of one place where I had to jump from was I had to, even though, like, uh, even though I'd left, I was uh, a zoology major in college, and at some point I had separated from that. My time there had told me, like, this is that you have to have this math equation to be able to understand this. And if you can't do it, and then I can't look at it the exact same way, um, then it's not a fact, you know? Yeah. yeah. But the numbers are also made up. Yeah. Right. Remember, there was a time when there was no zero. <laughs> yeah. At some point, someone came up with the concept of zero and made it, quote, real. And so we decided that things that have numbers are real now because someone sat around and eventually came up with these numbers. And then someone else came up with irrational and imaginary numbers. Yeah. Literally told you they're not real, but let's pretend they are so we can get this math problem done. Yeah. (laughs) Let's make something up so we can base our science on it. Yeah. And that, there you have adult reality. And, and what I had to realize is, is that there is power, and, and what now I operate on is how much power there is in the idea of belief. Yep. And whether we're talking in a hypnotic sense of you know, belief and the power of self-talk, whether that's positive or negative self-talk, because it can achieve. If you tell yourself you can do something, you can. If you say you can't, congratulations, you can't. Um, and then just to expand that idea, like that obviously is, you know, think of the things you've always, always told yourself you cannot do. You haven't accomplished those because that's your belief. And so if you turn that belief around and dive it into something, you know, at what becomes the limitation of that? Yeah. Yeah. And we have not yet found the limitations of the human mind and what man can create. Right. We, we sent, we sent stuff to the damn moon. We sent stuff to damn Mars. Yeah, I, I, I do like, and I don't know how much I agree with it, but I still think it's interesting enough to explore um, idealistically 
is like the only reason that we can't fly is because somebody hasn't flown before. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I love that idea. I love that idea. And like, yeah, is it is it crazy? Does it push it too far? Maybe, but is it a good um, example or exercise in dreaming bigger of finding, okay, well, if I believe that someone could fly, if they could do it, what do I believe that I could push myself to? Yeah. You know, yeah. Even if I don't have that mastery yet to, to dive into that. Yeah, and if you want to look at what a a uh, possibility filled, opportunity filled belief system looks like, and really what yours looks like under the the, um, the uh, adulting language, watch a child watching a cartoon. Like my daughter is really into trolls nowadays, mm-hmm. and in trolls, I mean someone's hair will spread out and reach for feet, and hair changes color based on mood is these various symbolic entities that still reside in us as ways of viewing the world. And as we get older, we develop these filters, this um, you know, critical reasoning or rhetorical structure of conversation, whatever. But all these things essentially don't, uh, don't change the fact that the course operating system that we have, there are a bunch of beliefs that are you know, based off of watching Tom and Jerry. And, <laughs> The only way to replace those schema in our minds is uh, with uh, an as adaptive one is to um, re- is to start is to allow and believe in a counter belief that is just as wild, just as abstract and really just as crazy. Sound. Mm-hmm. You know, but positive, but one that serves you. You know, like um, one thing is we talk about when we're uh, when we're doing therapy with a patient is you got to give them a, a concrete schema, you know, hot cold. You don't say you, you can't really teach someone lukewarm until you've created a schema of hot and a schema of cold, and then you then you can move them from those two schema to the concept of having a gradient between the two. Okay, you know, and so really when you're putting in new beliefs as an adult, a lot of times we'll end up putting incremental beliefs in, but those beliefs will get subsumed and sucked into the limiting belief. That's confirmation bias. You'd be like, oh, he still can't fly. He still can't fly. Well, when he, will he be able to fly? When he believes that he can fly and he disbelieves and thinks anyone who doesn't believe he can fly is an idiot. Yeah. You know, to use that particular uh, example. It's right. just as long as you have a set of schema that says you can't do the thing, you will pull punches. Which is why, and which is the trepidation that becomes of uh, um, uh, a lot of that becomes with a lot of the work that we do is truly diving into these beliefs means that you have to dive out of mainstream, you know, mainstream society and what is deemed okay. I've done that forever. You know, and I've and, done that forever. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not okay, but the beauty of psychiatric training is I'm like. But I don't belong in the psych unit. I know this because I know the diagnosis. So wherever yeah. I'm flying, I'm just call me eccentric because I don't buy the majority of the stuff that people sit around and live by. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. And, and, and is that truly a limiting? I mean, how big of a limiting belief is that on society? You know, you see these guys on like a documentary or on a video, like these crazy hippie dudes that are out eating peyote all the time and dressing in burkas and having six foot long beards and talking about meditation all day long. And like, 
that is in their mind, that's what they truly believe to do to achieve what their goals are, you know, of enlightenment, if you will. And here, you know, here we are sitting here having to be on the internet all the time and having to play within, you know, we stick closer to the rules of society when is true enlightenment is true, maybe even taking it as far as saying human evolution dropping that and living outside there in your own positive headspace. Well, I think if you can find a tribe that is emerging with you, it's okay to be connected. It's, I think the death happens, the ego death, I mean, not ego, the identity death, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and I'm talking about healthy individuation, fails to happen when a person becomes overly enmeshed in their tribe of origin. Now, that happens because we model our tribe off our parents. If you have over-controlling, suffocating parents or overly rigid, hyper-disciplinarian parents, then you're, you basically project that belief onto uh, authority figures, and that's how your universe ends up working. If, however, you can shift to a tribe that is open-minded, creative, um, like our hypno, hyp, hypno tribe, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a different universe from, say, if I was hanging out with, with a tribe of raw mathematicians who only cared about the math. Right. You know, so by, by getting clear, and this is some of the stuff I coach my clients on, you get clear on your values, you look for other people who share your values. You find increasingly uh, that that group will develop niches where they have sub values or or nuances of those values that you too can take on. And then you end up traveling with a set of people that think so much like you that a lot of times you don't even have to do that much thinking. You just look around and the collective unconscious feeds you what you do next. To me, that's the path to enlightenment. You know, and it, 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 it depends on going deep enough within yourself so that you're not bullshitting yourself about who you surround yourself with. You know, if you're still approval seeking and treating everyone like, like a surrogate parent, you're going to be vibrating at a low frequency because you're, 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 you know, you're, you're, you're projecting more ego self than intuition self. Mm. And that's something that I currently am working on or towards is trying to determine which of my circles or which tribe I want to stay farther in yeah. because I have, you know, groups of friends here at home that might be involved in some less healthy habits, but overall aren't damaging people. And so I need to determine within myself how well those people or those ideas align. Yeah. And so that is something that I'm currently struggling with is having taken a step out of my current circle for the month, um, both, you know, both um, substances and, you know, with the people that I spend that time frame with, and then trying to determine on what level I want to return to this, you know, can I return to this circle completely sober and stay within this tribe? Yeah. Do I need to, which is something I've been thinking about but haven't put any time on yet, is meshing the two ideas and remaining chemically sober but working on um, metaphysical alteration of state, um, which I did some, some holistic breath work um, in the month of November, which was awesome. If you haven't done that, I recommend checking it out. All right. Send me a link later as to where to start. Yeah, well, I went to yoga, I went to a yoga studio and did it because I think you have to do it with a monitor, with somebody okay. there to keep you safe. I think, but um, definitely, I'll send you some info on it because it's it was crazy, dude. I went through, I had a psychedelic experience, 
uh, more physically than mentally. Uh, you know, I, I don't visualize all that uh, vividly, um, but I, I had like my physical body felt completely different, and yeah. then my hands seized up, did this kind of thing, and like I felt like that was a subconscious link to my father, because uh, as he was sick, um, he he had a really tough, uh, fast moving form of dementia. Um, yeah frontal temporal dementia, I believe. And, and that was one of his symptoms is, is he, you know, got all tensed up like that. And yeah. so I was completely cataleptic from the elbow down. I could move this way. Mm -hmm. That was it. The rest of this. And I was in my head, like move your freaking hands, dude. Yeah. Wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happen. So like, that's something that I'm still trying to figure out and explore, but definitely an experience like that I would recommend checking out. Um, yeah. and, and that's something that I want to dive into is, is it more powerful? Is it better? How long can I stay in that state? And then can I exist in that state alongside my friends who are altering their states? Can the, yeah. and how does that, how does that jive? How does that vibe? And then once I figure it out, can I bleed that into, into their culture and make, make that that much more doable? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that way you can have the desired states but they can be internally generated. Yeah, right. And then you didn't even, then you don't have to remember that you took the drugs. The drugs didn't take you because you didn't yeah. take them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am the drug. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where, that's kind of all of that structure put back into my own, uh, my own life. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then I was thinking about something while you were talking about it, I'm going to jump back maybe five minutes here. When you were talking about the belief that creates the, the, um, state yeah. is, um, and this might be more prevalent just to you and me than listeners, but it's still pretty cool. So, you know, when we're going through uh, hypnosis and we're doing the, the Elman induction, you're familiar, right? Yeah. And we get to the floppy arm drop, right? And you just pick up the Dharm and you say, that this is going to relax you deeper in the hypnotic state and drive you deeper into a trance. Yeah. If you, if you describe that piece, that can be your whole induction. And you can, really? stop. yeah, yeah. Just seriously, just like, so an interesting, you know, you just frame it. An interesting thing happens when, and I've always done it as a reinduction, but I haven't done it as a, as a first induction yet, but I, it'll work that way. I've heard people doing it that way is you just come back and you explain interesting, you know, how body mechanics connect that when you relax and allow me to pick up the arm as it drops the state of that dropping will allow you to drop into trance, you know, deeper, faster, and more effectively. That's beautiful. And so by setting the predisposition that this is going to happen, you know, again, this is going to happen. We set the belief. This is how the body physically works. Yeah. Boom. It works. And I think that that's a beautiful, uh, you know, to, to, to open this back up to the non-hypnotists in the audience, that is a beautiful uh, demonstration of the idea that you are saying. And we can take that farther into, you know, if I, so if, if I believe that you drop my hands three times, by the third time it hits my lap, I'm going to be deep into trance. If we create expand that, you created that. So if I believe that, you know, if I get up at five o'clock in the morning and work on my, uh, my passion every single day, by the time I've done that for six months, that'll be starting to create my own business. Yeah. Bam. You'll you, create that because you'll you, see the things that lead to it happening in that timeline. Yeah. 
and and the the action the belief creates the action the action creates belief and the simple act of believing which is now the center of my entire belief structure is that something about very meta believing the center of your belief structure (laughs) (laughs) that's self-referential af yeah (laughs) but there's so what 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 i don't understand that I believe is that something inside of each every one of us is connected to our ability to believe and that simply believing allows us to achieve or exist however we deem possible. Yeah. Yeah, as long fact. as you actually believe it with pretty much every cell of your body. Yeah, yeah, you gotta believe it to the point where, <laughs> where you're taking action, actions that if it weren't true would immediately disprove it and even when they they do disprove it in that moment you keep plowing anyway to the point where you bend the universe to your will yeah which yeah. is which, which you know if we're living in the matrix is absolutely possible yeah i mean you think about all the different things like there is a satellite that is allowing us out in space that is allowing us to be able to like have this conversation from what hundreds of miles apart Mm-hmm. There was a time when people used to think or believe that all the stars and all the stuff in the sky was just like this, this canvas that God had put up there to make the, the night pretty. They believed this. Right. You know, none of that stuff is possible in that universe, you know. There's, it's just, uh, and we, it's easy to laugh looking back at those folks, but what are the things that we just wouldn't ever think about questioning that as soon as you poke them, they pop, and there's a whole different reality open there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's the space I like to live in, the way my curiosity works. You know, that's, uh, yeah, I, I believe in the unbelievable, you know? So. Right, and I think that that's one of the places where I opened up was, so we have this, th- we have this thing um, at, at the end of, you know, like, so, so there's that saying, like, when we don't have the answer, religious folks, you know, uh, when we don't, when we, when we come to the edge of knowledge, the next answer is God, you know, sure. or for, for, you know, science, scientists, when we come to the edge of understanding, the next answer is just the next question. Yeah. But this, but when you turn that and go, okay, but what about the things that we don't know, that we don't have science for mm-hmm. now, why can't we just play in that realm? And just make you know make shit up and believe that it's true, and then once we believe that it's true, well, we'll see if we can make it happen. That's that's the way I like to play, and that's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you think about one of the things that uh, I'll tell you my personal uh, example. I there was a long time when I didn't believe I'd be able to create music that I actually like to listen to, mm-hmm. you know, and let alone. And my inner critic was such that, you know, every time I started to create a piece, I would stop. I'd be like, oh, that sucks. Don't even bother. Or, like, the first three songs I ended up releasing, I, I created the first one. I didn't listen to that. Savage Soul, I didn't listen to that piece for weeks. Yeah. And then one day I was like, you know, let me go back and hear some of the stuff that I created. I heard, I was like, this is not too bad. And then the next thing I knew, every day I was able to sit down. I, all my music is one shot. I just sit down. Oh, wow. It, com- it comes out. You know, and I'm like, I don't know how I do this. I don't know how I end up discovering that I can do it. 
And I don't know what I'll be able to do with it if I just continue to return to it and just open up wide. Yeah. And it's opened up a ton of opportunities, business opportunities, license opportunities. What? A few months ago, I, I wasn't even thinking about that. Right, yeah. That you was know, just... Rod was one of the first people I let hear the track. Yeah. And based off his response, I was like, holy crap, you actually like it? And then I was like, you know what? I can make more. I remember it, I was sitting there when we were in your room, and I was like, yeah, I'm still messing with this machine. I'm getting the hang of it. Yeah, I, right. I, I had no way of knowing this entire architecture of belief and this entire means of expressing myself that has me, I feel different about myself now because there's a lot of conversations that I begin, and honestly, there's sales conversations, I'm an entrepreneur, but a lot of conversations I can begin with a piece of music or a lead magnet, like here. Yeah. All the time that I was trying to find other ways to find the right introductory words to say to people and all that stuff, all the time, this thing was waiting there, and I just didn't believe in it. And as soon as it showed up, not only did I believe in it, but I was able to believe in myself because there's this thing. I, I mean, I've written 50 tracks. Wow. You know, like it was back to back. Day after day, I would sit down and this thing would be what was meant to come out. Nicole will tell you because I, I was sending them to her every day like here. And she's like, oh, okay, wow. And there is a, a meta belief in self that emerges when you realize I just did this thing. I can't tell you how I do it. I don't know how the hell I discovered I could do it. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to do it, but there's something in me that says that the more I do this, the better it will get. This yeah. is something that's in me that it's a way of being. You know, and if I hadn't believed, there's a lot of times when I had to ignore my inner critic and make trips back and then believe in myself enough to actually you know, reach out and do this. I live in that space now. I don't know what the shit is coming next. <laughs> you and know, I I don't know what's going to happen when I spend some time with a pencil and actually step through a drawing for idiots book, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Right. And, and those are metaphors for other crap that I didn't even know was humanly possible. You know, I, if I know, if I, if I know, you know, well, yeah. And I remember when, when you were first starting out on that, you were like, yeah, I like to play with this music, you know, and do this and that. And the general conversation from the tribe is like, yeah, that's all well and good. And that's something fun to play with. Yeah. But you should probably concentrate, you know, on your client work and on, you know, moving your, your monetary life forward. Um, yeah. And, and it's, but it's also at the same time, it's like, that's your passion. That's your, your belief structure. That's where you jump into flow, you know? Um, and that's diving into that is what serves you. Did I lose you? Are you still with me? There you are. Okay. I lost you, you for a second there. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. So, um, so let me ask you one more question about that. So you are just getting into, so, you know, again, the concept of flow, which we have talked about previously, some in the, in the podcast, um, is that, is that how that's music is coming through you? Is that what you're considering? And yeah, I'm dropping the trance and it's coming out. So are you actively, like, do you actively take time to put yourself into trance before you sit down at the computer? And, and dive into your to your software? Uh, I use my iPhone for it. And so basically, I just get to a point where I'm like, I have this energy, I'm nervous, I'm uncomfortable, I need to, I need to um, go ahead and open this app up. 
Yeah. I open up GarageBand, and then I'm like, I, I say to myself, channel all that negative energy or nervous energy, whatever it is, pour it in. Because I believe very much in sublimation and, and um, just that when you sublimate right, the people who share your values will hear it and will hear your intention and what you create, whatever it is. And so I'm like, let me change this energy from being this nervous gnawing to something beautiful. And that's the intention. And then I zone in and I just, I, I grab um, some, some instruments and I go in. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And, and, and yeah, I, I do like th that same space of, of, you know, here's music that you're trying to initially create for like a trance purpose, you know, or to have some intent to it. And like, that's one piece of the puzzle, but then to go like, it's also good music. Thank you. You know, like, yeah, dude, legit, like, legit there was a time when you were first like you were first putting out on your soundcloud and i was working dogs and i was in the in the training yard and i can even remember it was um what is it gorilla or king kong uh king kong chest pound yeah king people kong. get hyped with that one dude i was dancing like in the in the in the yard with just some earbuds in and i, I was all of a sudden like damn i am straight getting down to Manny's music. And I, and I was like, this, I, I enjoy this stuff. And I try to, you know, I, I'm not a DJ. I'm not in the music, but a lot of my friends are. And like, I am trying to be like, dude, you know, dig into this guy's stuff. This is Thank cool shit because yeah, absolutely. Because first of all, you're my boy and it's all, you make an awesome music. But at the same time, if we can, if I can get these people in my world, it's like a, it's like a cross section of the two pieces of my world. Yeah, it's kind of your your music fits so nicely into there. Like, hey, people, a lot of the people, a lot of the DJs and people, you know, again, we enjoy altered states, and so yeah. doing so naturally is still a, an exciting idea. Yeah. So, like, hey, check out these cool these cool jams, but then also you drop your ass into beta. <laughs> right. Listen to them for with intention for this point, and like, let me know what you think, and then at the same time, like. 11 o'clock on a, on a Saturday night, drop the whole club in the theater, you know, and like, yes. see yes, where that's, we that's go a fantasy. from Please there. send me a YouTube of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to get him to, to throw you down. So, um, yeah, and, and like I said, I talked about music in, I think it was episode three or five or something like that, and I talked about your music and threw a link down there. So uh, I'll you, put another you. one in the show notes here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to, to my friends and my fans listening, like, if you haven't jumped on SoundCloud, check out some of Dr. Manning's music. It's cool stuff. It really, thank you. Thank you. Um, and, and it's all different styles. You know, it's all electronic music, but you bounce from some stuff that's pretty heavy hitting and dancing and some stuff that's pretty chill and just... You know, yeah, it's whatever comes out, dude. It's so it's, cool. It's whatever yeah. comes out. And and it's like, I feel like that's the way with, you know, we were talking earlier, I have stage show tonight, and, like, I have my memorized parameters, you know, and my induction and my, my introduction and stuff like that, but I really feel like I enter that same state, and the entertaining state is just, it just flows out. Like, I yeah. don't have to think about it, and sometimes I say something stupid and move on, but it is what it is. It's just kind of a natural connection there in a natural state. And some people are like, what do you, how do you get prepared for going on stage or how do you do that? You know, I would have stage fright and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I don't, when I'm adding something new, I practice and memorize it and stuff like that. But you know, I, I really have never been a practicer. I've never spent that much time on it. 
And it's just, I, you know, and do I need to tighten those, those nuts and bolts some places? Yeah. But at the same time, like I can just jump on stage and go at any time. And it's not practice to get to that level. I'm still nervous with my stage show. <laughs> I'll own that. <laughs> well, you know, if you're anything like me at all, just book one and go and just be completely nervous and have no idea how it's going to get done until the second the music starts and you step on stage and then poof, it just works. You know, that's, that's, that's been how stuff has worked for me. I probably, it's probably at the point where I need to just start doing that. Well, yeah, you know, you're, you're not at the point. And, and, and this, I think, is what holds us back. So much of us is like, I have to be, not have to be, but I do well in that point where self-talk is not allowed. So, like, I'm on stage in front of, you know, my, my, my party tonight's like uh, 300 people. So, yeah. this would be a good size show. Well, yeah. So, I can't step on that stage and not say a word. It's yeah. not allowed. It doesn't happen. They've paid me a lot of money. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it's not, it's not <laughs> you allowed. You can't when a check has been cut. <laughs> right. So, it's either, you know, bomb, which is a, which is a fear, you know, that does exist in that fear space, but you know, there's two options, either do a good job or bomb. And I've bombed before and I've been in that space and I will not do it again. Yeah. So hit it and run with it. Yeah. And if you drop the ball, you better pick it back up. because you got shit to do. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that I've always felt like that that is my place of, of flow. Um, is I don't, there's not self-talk really positive or negative going on. There's, this is what we got to do. And as I open the mouth, it just, comes out yeah. so you know like I love, I love live shows and i mean even facebook live i love knowing that it, it, it's now yeah you know in this moment it's like there are people literally listening and creating what it is that you're building what are you gonna do with it? yeah right where and, are you gonna take them yeah and so then tomorrow i have a i'm working on a youtube video um it's gonna be uh like six ways to believe that you can achieve all the things you want um yeah. And that's going to be recording. You know, I have a director and he's my buddy and we're going to work together. And that terrifies me. That makes me uncomfortable. It gives me anxiety. I don't like doing that because every 30 seconds, every time one word comes out, I don't like, I can go, Oh, stop. Let's redo that. Yeah. That's not allowed on stage. Yeah. So yeah. Just no, that's why I like live. It's that yeah. a certain adrenaline rush and knowing that you don't get do overs. Yep. And so, and, and I mean, and, I, and then, and then there's this to trust yourself and release and know that whatever happens, you're going to be okay. Yep. Yep. I've yeah. been doing this for 15 years. So just step on stage and get it done, you know? It's, yeah. 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 So, and that, and that I think is there's a bigger lesson in that is like jump into the thing that scares you and just go do it. You can sit there and think about it. And, and, you know, we were talking about, um, the, um, what is the term for that? That thoughtful practice that we were talking about. Uh, deliberate practice. Yeah. Yeah. So where, you know, you, you practice and you screw up and then you go and think about it and then you do it again. Yeah. And you know, inside your brain that does better work for, for making that, uh, you be better at that thing. Yeah. yeah. But I also think there's a point where once you have a certain amount of understanding on something to stop holding yourself back and stop with the what ifs and stop trying to make it perfect. And just go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's, that's, that's beautifully stated podcast was the same way it's like okay well i need to do a podcast i should i should get on this well i have no idea what i'm doing i, I was five i recorded five episodes before i had any idea how to upload them and yeah. it was just because it's either move or don't yeah yeah and and I'm, doing, I'm gonna do more of that that's for sure
Yeah. So, all right. And that, and that, um, you know, I think on that, I think I have some other things that I need to move on today. So we should probably split up here shortly. Yeah, dude. Uh, I appreciate you getting me ripped up. And I, I thank you for sharing my ideas with your audience. Oh yeah, absolutely. Dude. I, I thank you for your input. Um, whether, whether you know this fully or not daily, you have a huge impact on my life and my relationship with my wife. She thank is you. always up on your Facebook feed and you're always feeding her good stuff. Um, so like you, you, you really hold a, a place in my life and I appreciate everything that you've done. For me. I appreciate so, you. Just came and joined I appreciate it. Love you, brother. I you love you it. too. <laughs> Hey, before we bounce out, where can people um, where can people find you? Where can they get your book, your information, and where can they talk to you if they want some uh, some more of your info? Uh, the best place to reach me is um, to begin our relationship is to go to asylumawaits.com, and that way you have a seven day free course on breathing. They can jump right into that seven day free course and send me emails along the way of the course, and we can start talking. Let me know what you think of the course. Uh, you can even, the course has some of my music in there. Each day there's a piece you can listen to, different breathing pieces. Some of them are, are active meditation pieces. Some are priming pieces, but I'm there. I mean, we could begin our relationship there, get to know some of the ideas I'm working on, get to know my style, and let me know if we like the same stuff. Reach out to me. Awesome. Awesome. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks so much, Joe. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate you. Um, I end every episode by reminding everybody to make every day better than the day before. And if you fail, that's totally fine because it means tomorrow will be easy. Yes. So go forward, live with gratitude, celebrate your victories, and I'll see you tomorrow.